them building the Kaaba in this empty desert. And then here we are today. You know, whenever you're making the Tawaf and, you know, sometimes these thoughts come to you. It's like, you know, they did all, they did this, you know, with the Maqam Ibrahim sitting right, you know, you see his footstep right there. But he had no idea that place will have millions and millions of people. Allahumma kthir mali wa waladi wa barik li fima a'ataytani wa atil hayati ala ta'atik wa ahsan amali wa aghfir li. You remember the site of the empty Kaaba when the pandemic first happened? Didn't it look strange? Right. SubhanAllah, think about that moment. And Ibrahim السلام, and Ismail السلام, finished the building of that Kaaba in a barren desert, nothing around, no people, no clock tower, mm. complete empty desert. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Azin to Ibrahim. They make this dua together, oh Allah, accept. And Allah says, Adhan, make the call. And Ibrahim looks around and says, Rabbi, oh my Lord, what's going to cause my voice to reach? And Allah says, Adhan, call, and upon me is to deliver it. It's okay, just make the call, and you'll see what happens. SubhanAllah. Ibrahim never lived to see the huge groups of people, throngs of people coming from around the world, making Hajj in the way that he taught. He never got to see it, but that did not do away with his motivation. He did not get to see much of the glory that he planted the seeds for. In fact, the majority of it on this earth. And there's this idea in Islam, right? Sadaqa jariya, plant the seeds of something that outlives you, but don't get attached to the outcome. In fact, it can even become a fitna, it can become a test in the da'wah, in doing good work. Like I need to see the outcome. I need to see this happen in front of my eyes in order to be validated, in order to feel fulfilled. And we're constantly reminded that, you know, part of doing it sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not being so attached to the outcome. Now, those are good dreams. Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned that each one of us is struck by طول amal, long hopes. We have hopes in life that never actually materialize because life ends before they can materialize, right? So he drew the line ﷺ, here's death and here are the hopes that you had in life. One time even took two stones and he tossed them ﷺ. He said, you see the one that landed further away? Those are your hopes in life. The one that's closer to you is your death. Every single person in their grave has things that they wish they could have done and they wish they could have seen. Noble or not so noble, but they feel like there were things that were left in this dunya. Is there ever a moment where you kind of think back and you say, you know, I don't, I don't know, I'm not gonna to live to see this and it's okay, where you were able to visualize something in the future and find motivation towards it? like a legacy or a project or some good or 
some dream that you were able to disconnect yourself from the outcome, but just say, you know, I still am going to plant the seeds and I'm going to see where it goes. Is there a story in your life about someone's legacy touching you, even though they did not live to see it? And you like wish they could have seen the impact? Ibrahim, alayhi <laughs> salam. You know, the, 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 the example you just mentioned is about them building the Kaaba in this empty desert. And then here we are today. You know, whenever you're making the Tawaf and, you know, sometimes these thoughts come to you. It's like, you know, they did all, they did this, you know, with the Maqam Ibrahim sitting right, you know, you see his footstep right there. But he had no idea that place will have millions and millions of people coming. And then this past Ramadan with a record, I don't know how many millions, it's, it's just mind-blowing. Oh. Alhamdulillah, I, I had the opportunity to go to Umrah um, in March. And just like you said, you know, you go to the locations, you know, a battle of Uhud, Da'if, hiking, you know, cave Hira in the middle of the night, and some, and even with the Kaaba, there's, even now, there's so much construction and there, you know, the guards can kind of get on your nerves a little bit because you just want to be there to worship. Um, but what really helped me was to remember that, you know, somebody was here in our history that made it possible for us to be here right now. And I think, you know, it's such an anchor to hold on to when we learn about history and, you know, those who came before us, our grandparents, and knowing about, you know, the struggles that they went through. There's so much power in knowing our history and, you know, Islam and Andalusia and all that stuff that gives us the strength, you know, to proudly say, you know, that we're Muslim and that this is who we came from. I think it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, just to add to that, you know, um, I do think, you know, we as we, we as Muslims here in North America, for example, um, we're very lucky to be here at this time because uh, we don't know the struggles, you know, our elders went through to like preserve this religion. The fact that we're able to like just go down the street and there's a masjid literally within five minutes, ten minutes, uh, we we stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, the, like the auntie who had her, you know, Islamic school in like a little basement or like the uncle who opened his home. Uh, his garage for like so that everyone can come and pray. I don't think we will ever see that because we have all these mega masajid and whatnot, mashallah. But you know, all these uncles and these aunties who came here, the struggles to like preserve their religion, to hold on to their religion, and um, you know, I, I you know, there's someone who probably will never know, live to see the the fruits of their of their labor, right? Where. Every part of you know the city, this country, there's a masjid now. Subhanallah. So yeah, you know that is something I, I think about very deeply. Well, you imagine when they see him on the day of judgment, these kids from 200 years after them that are still praying in a masjid that they started or an institution or that are Muslim because they were a part of the guidance of their great 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 grandparents. And like, who are you coming to testify for me on the day of judgment? Like, I'm here because it was because of your. Dua, it was because of your donation. It was because of something that you did that influenced it. You're right. You know, people that live long enough, they're like, you know, my parents got married 
in the one masjid in Houston. <laughs> like just it sounds insane saying that the one masjid in Houston at the time. Like what? The one masjid in Houston at the time. You know, and it's like SubhanAllah, now you got the masjids, the schools, the institutions and the barakah, the blessing of it just multiplied. And you know, sometimes we get we get hard on ourselves. We're down on ourselves, like, you know, about the challenges and the obstacles that we're facing. We say, you know, SubhanAllah, you look at your elders and they see so much khayr, like so much goodness, like, because they saw it, they saw it come to fruition in their lifetimes. Like, you don't remember what we were like, you know. Yeah. 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, you know, this idea of thousands of masjids and schools and institutions, unheard of, you know, we, we would never have imagined and here they see it in their lifetimes. But, but a sign of sincerity is that you're not connected to seeing it in your lifetime, nor are you connected with having your name on it. You know, one of the ways that you challenge yourself in terms of your own sincerity is if someone else does a good effort, are you pleased for them? I mean, of course, you want to share in the reward, or are you jealous? Jealous and envious, you know, not in a way that's good, in a way that's negative. Like, I should have done that. I should have got that credit, you know? But you're just happy to see those fruits, you know, subhanAllah, of good work and people that Allah has blessed to do good work. That's one of the signs of sincerity. As you make dua for those people, may Allah bless them. They're doing so much good. May Allah preserve that blessing upon them, right? So you're not connected to seeing it in your own lifetime, nor are you connected to being the one on the platform, you know, raising up that, that, that award, right? Instead, like, alhamdulillah, it's being done. And one of the lessons that, you know, especially that is important for people that want to do good work and have impact is that as a believer, you do not become obsessed with seeing the fruits of your labor you stay occupied with planting the seeds. It's like when you make a dua, like when Umar al-Khattab used to say that, I don't concern myself with the answer to my dua. I'm just blessed that Allah gave me the ability to make the dua, right? Because I trust Him with the answer. The same way, your a'mal, your, your deeds are forms of dua in a way, like, Ya Allah accept, Ya Allah accept. Like, you gave me a seed, I'm gonna plant it. <laughs> the fact that you let me be a part of planting that seed, Alhamdulillah, I'm pleased. And while we might not get to build the Kaaba and see, you know, millions and millions of people, but we can certainly be a part of that legacy Ta'ala. And you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I once heard a righteous person say in their dua in a very natural and blessed way was, oh Allah, surprise me on the day of judgment with the good deeds I didn't know about. Surprise me. Like, you know, people, you, you, you read about people that are, may Allah protect us, that are, shocked because they forgot their sins. What about those people that didn't live to see the full effect of their good deeds? And those good deeds are showing up the way that we see in the case of Ibrahim Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people like that. Allahumma ameen. So Sister Sara, motivation is particularly very difficult to maintain, especially when you're not seeing results. How does a person maintain motivation when they're not seeing anything come out of their efforts? It's incredibly hard. You know, when you're working really, really hard on something and you don't see the uh, the end result being at all what you envisioned, it's really hard to stay on track. Obviously, maintaining a positive intention can be very, very helpful, um, but that's still something that's really difficult. And, you know, I think about the example of um, Hajar, you know, in the middle of the desert, and um, and and the the way Zemzem 
came to be in that situation. And that that story for me is a reminder of the fact that, you know, sometimes our accomplishments are are very the end result of our uh, our efforts can be very unpredictable. Right here she is and all she's doing, her efforts, right? Her her what she's trying to do is she's trying to survive. She's trying to have her child survive. But through her, her actions to promote survival, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this mayat zamzam, the water of zamzam for, for generation upon generation upon generation in these centuries. And it just goes to show that a lot of times it's not, it's not just about, it's not about the effort necessarily. It's about this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided is going to happen. Whether it was going to be through Hajar, or whether it was going to be through, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just saying be and it is, my, that zamzam was meant to be there. And I think sometimes if we remember that, that our job, like Hajar's job in this situation, is just to try. That's our, that's our job, is to put in effort. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises us that on the day of judgment, all of our efforts will be seen. All of the good that we have accumulated, we will be recompensed in full. He doesn't say that all of the end results you're going to be recompensed for. No, it's your efforts that you're going to be recompensed for. And realizing that can really alleviate a lot of the responsibility. We put a lot of responsibility on our shoulders for things that are not our responsibility. We talked about the guilt that comes with not being able to save somebody that we care about. So this idea of putting guidance on our own shoulders, of putting risk on our own shoulders, our, our provision, um, putting uh, the like, the path that our children take. SubhanAllah, and if any of you have children, you realize even a one-year-old has their own mind and you can't control what they do, right? And so realizing that there's so much that's out of our control and that when you, when you leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that responsibility, that heavy burden can be alleviated. So asking ourselves, is this my responsibility to bear? Is this success of this effort, my responsibility to bear, and no, it's not. And so you leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it helps to alleviate a lot of that burden. I think a big part of what makes it such a struggle when we want an accomplishment to show up with the end result that we're anticipating is that we base it on the success and qualities that we see in other people and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted them, right? All of this, all of this goodness is through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And instead, we should be looking internally and thinking, what are the strengths and qualities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me that I can make an effort through? And so asking ourselves that, that am I basing my motivation on what somebody else has accomplished and me wanting to emulate that? And can I now translate that to what are the qualities and strengths that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has positioned me for? And how can I utilize that to please Him? So is there a story in your life about someone who deeply impacted you but hasn't lived to see all that they meant to you. Please share their story below.